Riddle me this, pod fans. What's 90 minutes long arrives every Friday and all about the Caped Crusader? Why it's blabbing about Batman, the animated series, the newest Patreon-exclusive podcast miniseries on the Talking Simpsons Network. That's right. For the rest of 2022, we'll be covering eight of our favorite episodes of Batman, the animated series with the same heavy-duty research, clips, and trivia you've come to expect from us. And if you sign up at the $5 level today at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons, you'll get to hear each episode as soon as it goes live. Remember, sign up at patreon.com slash talking simpsons to hear all eight episodes of Blab About Batman, the animated series, as well as the hundred plus other exclusive podcast episodes we produce so far. So become a patron and join us through the rest of 2022 for another great miniseries. Same bat day, same bat podcast feed. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons brought to you this week by Globe Wax. I'm one of your hosts, the tool of the doghouse makers, Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of the Simpsons. Who is here with me today as always? Henry Gilbert in three simple words, I am gay. And who do we have on the line? Our special guest today, Cody Ziegler. And this week's episode is Bart the Lover. A personal ad? Why not? It might be fun, kind of a lark. Come on, come on. Answer the phone. <laughs> I need a man! This week's episode originally aired on February 13th, 1992, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps> oh my god! Happy Valentine's Day Eve, Bobby. Wayne's World tops the box office. Jeffrey Dahmer is sentenced to life in prison, and Amazing Spider-Man number 361 is published, which may not sound like big news, but it was the first regular issue of Amazing Spider-Man I purchased as a as a lad. Uh, and I, I mentioned that, too, because we have some a guest who has literally written for that same uh, comic book. How so, appropriate. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, I've heard of him. If only there was some sort of podcast or YouTube video or streaming series I could watch about this character, but he's mostly unknown to history, right? Yes. We don't we don't know much about him. Uh, boy, those fan cams I've seen saw of Jeffrey Dahmer. I feel if those I hope those weren't made earnestly. I've, I did not look too much into um, them. I hope I, those were joke fan. People cams. people are in love with serial killers, so oh, I think yeah, uh, okay. a lot of Ted Bundy fans out there. Right. <laughs> Who are my yeah. Bundy heads? <laughs> yeah, where the Bundy's at? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Wayne's World top in the box office. That I mean, uh, I watched. I think I watched that twice in the movie theaters as a as a child. Uh, I had to wait for the VHS release. My parents loved it though, mm. and so oh, did yeah. I. <laughs> Still very good. Yeah, I mean, uh, but yeah, the but yeah, Amazing Spider-Man 361. That's the first appearance of Carnage. Now I know some people will say Amazing Spider-Man 342 is the first appearance of Cletus Casty. Fine, but the Carnage symbiote <laughs> over him—that's the first appearance there. And yeah, it was—it was a big deal to me because I had friends in in elementary school who were getting into comic books, and they showed how cool Venom and Carnage fighting each other were in later issues too. And that's the first time I began my love affair with actually reading comics. As a kid before, <laughs> I would just page through them, but this was the one that made me a fan. And I pretty much was a regular—I've been in a regular Amazing Spider-Man reader up to now. I there's. There's periods where I have to go, I go away and catch back up. But uh, yes, and uh, I just I wanted to use that. Uh, uh, I mean, 
Cody, like, uh, when when did you first start re- reading comics, too? I'm curious. It's funny. Um, yeah, my um, my dad got me into it when I was super young because he took me to a comic book convention and I didn't know who the Incredible Hulk was. So he was like, I got to fix this. But he, <laughs> he, uh, he, he, like, my first comics that he bought me were literally Spawn 3 and 4. And he bought it for me because he obviously did not read them because they're very hyper-violent comics that, you know, seven-year-old kids shouldn't be reading. So, like, I sort of got in under the radar just because my dad picked something that had a cool cover. <laughs> so, like, I, I, my first entry was definitely, like, with the, with the Spawn comics. And then I got into, like, the superhero stuff, like, much later, like, during, like, the Ultimate the ultimate Run was how I got into, like, proper cape comics. Oh, that's cool. And now, I mean, you are writing. You, you've written uh, 616 Peter Parker, which, you know, mm-hmm. is the dream of, of mine. And, and, of course, <laughs> now you're currently the writer of Miles Morales, Spider-Man, yep. the, uh, mm-hmm. his, his regular series. You've written uh, the, the Spider-Punk series that just came mm-hmm. out, or miniseries this year. That was great, too. Like, yeah, you're... you're Thank you. Yeah, I've, I've been lucky. I've right. gotten... I've gotten all the Spidey people that I've wanted so far. I got all the main Spider-Men and like my own little alternative universe Spider-Men. So I've been very, very, very lucky. You know, I can see a, a clueless dad picking up Spawn and thinking, "Oh, homeless Spider-Man! This looks fun." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's perched like Spider-Man, sir. Why not? I had never. Yeah. What I, if Spider-Man had a cape? I'm oh, sorry. Go, sorry. <laughs> no, I think I, I read Spawn too young too. Of like that, it was full of like just blood and guts. I think the first one I read was like just seeing Violator or the Vision of Hell. I was like, yeah, probably yeah, was yeah. too too much for a kid to see. I brought it to my Catholic school. Oh really? How that? How that go? And yeah. I was like. They don't know how. Well, they don't even know what this is about. If they found out what I was reading. I'm sorry. Sorry for interrupting you, Cody. No, no, no. That's funny because I just made me think. Like you know, he's, there are whole pages where he just gets like holes blasted through his chest. Which, as a kid, you're like, I mean, I wasn't even reading. I was just like, looking at the pictures, being like, oh, this is cool because it's violent and not having any context for like what the story was or like why this was happening to him or why I should actually care. But it definitely activated something in like my little reptile brain as a kid. Yeah, every issue came with the uh, the spawn meter at the end that showed you how much power he had left. <laughs> I love that spawn. Meter. Yeah. Spawn's running out of HP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's going to eat a piece of chicken or something to get his health back up. But joining us today, you've heard him up front, uh, Cody Ziegler. Uh, Cody, uh, frankly, has too many credits, but up front, Cody is a writer for She-Hulk, uh, Craig of the Creek, and pertaining to our interests, the upcoming Hulu run of Futurama. Welcome to the show, Cody. Thanks for having me. Um, any excuse to watch some of my favorite seasons of The Simpsons, I'll always take any opportunity to do it. Well, yeah, so uh, were you a Simpsons fan growing up then? Oh, Absolutely, yeah. I I mean, watched it constantly. Like I, I mean, it was just on TV all the time. But like, I truly got into it when I I had to be in like middle school because I would come home and UPN would have like that two hour block where they would show nothing but like back to back Simpsons. So like Monday through Friday, I was just watching classic Simpsons like seasons three through I guess eight whatever seasons they were showing. But like I would come home and watch literally The Simpsons every single day, and then. I think Saturday was the only day that I wouldn't watch The Simpsons because I couldn't find a station that it was on. But basically, Sunday through Friday, I was watching Simpsons at some point at the time. And uh, you, I think you grew up similar to Bob and me, too, of like being both a Simpsons fan, but also a fan of, of anime and, and Japanese yeah, yeah. comics and all that, too. Yeah, you've, uh, you're also, yeah, you co-host the podcast The Dark Weeb as well. So yeah. you're one of those, <laughs> the, the rare interlocking Simpsons slash anime fans. Yeah, I got, I mean, you can't see my desk, but I have, it's surrounded by like robots and like Gundam figures and then also like random like Thor figures. It's like I truly am like everything coalesced and it somehow ended up to work out for me where I watching instead stuff and being a huge nerd has somehow been able to pay off and let me like pay my bills and stuff by doing it. Uh, Futurama scripts can buy a lot of Gundam uh, bottles. <laughs> <I'd say. laughs> 
also i guess growing up a, a simpsons fan like now you know i'm we're not asking you to tell us everything that uh, all the secrets of futurama but it must be <laughs> pretty cool to you know you're working on on futurama you've i mean that you must have met me now and, and worked with you know mac rating and you mm-hmm. like david cullen yeah 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 like it's funny my my interview to get the job it was just david and matt and i was at some point i mean i think we spent maybe half the interview just talking about my favorite simpsons episodes like my favorite gags <laughs> like i say this in like literally interview interview i've ever had when it comes to like a writing job but like my favorite joke of all time for any show anything is the sideshow Bob stepping on rakes like that truly is like the the foundational basis like what I think comedy is like it goes on for too long and it keeps happening and happening and happening and I think it was so funny I was like this is exactly what I want to do but as I was watching this like I'm sure you guys have talked about it plenty of times on on the show because you've covered so many episodes but truly like re-watching it like you forget just how many jokes are happening in any giving scene for this show and like one thing about Futurama is like watching how that process works where like we truly just spend all day trying to make a page as funny as possible and like seeing that translate over to the simpsons like uh i was i was watching um i was watching like a small clip from the um the episode where they they close the school and like homer's in bed with marge and he has like a little perpetual motion machine and then <laughs> you see bart outside flying the kite at night and like it's maybe like a 50 second clip but there's maybe like a dozen jokes that happens within that 40 second clip it's just wild to watch that and being a part of that has been very very surreal but also very cool yeah we do a uh, a futurama podcast as well and we are always astounded by uh just how joke dense the yeah. uh, the show is to the point where you can actually miss jokes yeah yeah we've <laughs> we've done uh, many times on on the futurama especially like zap brannigan will sometimes have lines that are like one one sentence is three jokes and <laughs> it, it takes a close watch to be like well we caught those two jokes but actually yeah. Yeah. this is a, there's a third joke in there yeah i i mean cohen especially uh seems like a master of that the, the, yeah. the joke density so yeah yeah but wow that's amazing to have your job interview be, is just talking to Matt Greening and, and David X. Cullen about your like what you loved in The Simpsons. That's that is amazing. Our listeners probably want to know uh, a big question out there is uh, what if Bender became a podcaster and he had two friends <laughs> yeah. that look a lot like Henry and myself. Maybe, uh-huh. you know, they sound like us, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. just an idea our listeners have. And it's not oh, our it's... idea, but we're just throwing that out there. Oh, that's an yeah. interesting idea. Maybe I could pitch it in the room and see what they think. See if, uh, if it gets any any. Traction. I think it's got a lot of legs. I think it yeah. could it could turn into a long term thing for the show. Hey, yeah, we yeah. met Mac Raining and he was very pleasant to he us. He was very pleasant. Yeah, he's a sweetie. Nice. So that, that was our in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Great job. Well, this episode is a is a real classic one. Like it has uh, a ton of heart to it. Glad we could get get you for this one, uh, mm-hmm. Cody. Like, yeah, and this also is written by I think the guy. Like, we always appreciated John Vitti as a writer, but the more we talk about his episodes i'm like man i think he might be like top three of his era of simpsons writers like his episodes Mm -hmm. are always so good yeah and especially when you hear like how he had stuff assigned to him that wasn't even his pitch and the way he can execute it so well like it's just yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, a yeah. really. Um, I was surprised at how emotional the actual episode was. Like, I, uh, I, you know, again, I, I haven't, you know, I haven't watched this episode maybe three or four years, so it, and I haven't, just haven't seen it since I've been an actual professional television writer. But like watching it, like, there's so many layers to it. Like, you have this really fun, silly B plot with like Homer cursing and all that stuff. Like, that has like a nice resolution. But even, um, even the idea of like catfishing, like it 
could be like a little icky, but like it 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 sort of works. Like I don't know. It, it was I was surprised at like how emotionally rich this episode was, and like how like now that I, that I'm 35, I can process it. But like as like a seven year old kid, I was like, oh, this is funny because Homer stepped on the nail. Like that's why this is funny to me. <laughs> It's funny to hear uh, on the commentary too the like this. Mike Reese says that he pitched the idea as like you know he'd gone through a lot of personal ads in his life uh, as as had uh, other writers in the show in the more innocent pre-internet days. Like this is all about pre-internet uh, online dating, really. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. he met his wife through a dating service. They're still mm-hmm. married to this day, which is why we oh, later I... see parodies of video dating because Mike Reese was doing a lot of that. <laughs> I mean, uh, there was no funny. Tinder. You had to have videos sent to you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's fun. Him and his wife, they travel, uh, Mike Reese and his wife, they travel the world, see amazing stuff all the time, have a fun <laughs> podcast about it. But, well, yeah. and also, Cody, I was going to ask too, the, I hear John Vitti on the commentary mentions like pitching a, uh, a Necrobopal script really he sold it quick because he said like if you find an underserved character in the show and pitch it it's like if you you have a better chance of selling it like it does does that sound like good, <laughs> good advice still for a, a active writer yeah that is very funny uh yeah because like this is something we've been going over in in the futurama room is that you know the show at this point has had like a hundred and something ep- plus episodes so like there are parts where you're like yeah we should do as like a zoidberg episode or like or when you start pairing up people that don't traditionally get paired up because like you haven't seen that and it seems like it'd be a fun rich story but that is definitely <laughs> that is definitely truth in that you're like you're like sometimes you're doing the math you're like all right what characters haven't haven't had like a real stories together what what's the angle could be and like if it's a new pairing it's so much easier to get a story in as opposed to like you know another fry and bender story uh, also uh, if you've got the dvd dvd owners there's the secret hidden al Jean commentary track that uh, yeah, has a couple fun things to say but it is <laughs> it is a solo commentary track so it's not the fun boisterous energy of, of the commentary tracks i mm. i uh yeah cody actually did you ever listen to the the simpsons commentaries we've heard from other writers that it, it really inspired them yeah i i did it's been a very long time but when i um basically when i was maybe at the end of high school or early college um, i like had a sort of a part a part-time job that paid me enough money where i could actually buy things so like i remember buying the season five dvd case of the simpsons and watching i think all the episodes in like maybe a day a day and a half and that was the first time that i saw that they had commentary because they had commentary for every single episode and uh, i remember watching those and like oh it's funny it was like just like getting insight because you know, i didn't know what t- what writing was like i didn't know that you could be a tv writer I, I didn't put the dots i thought oh some guy drew this and then it was just a show but like seeing how their process worked and and like all the inside jokes they thought were funny was really really illuminating and i think it's honestly probably why i ended up doing <laughs> what i'm doing now They're fun time capsules now back to an era Mm -hmm. in which uh, commentaries were so important and the DVD market was so important that if a person missed a commentary, they would come back and record their own, which has happened a few times on the Simpsons DVDs. Like Mike Reese, his basement flooded, so he comes back to record (laughs) two commentaries on his own. Basement flooding is not funny. No. Uh, (laughs) It's very serious. very serious. Yeah, Uh, yeah, but I mean, his Simpsons millions can pay for it. I mean, uh, for Mike Reese, one one day in the rewrite room on Ice Age 2 pays for that uh, basement (laughs) Several basements. Yeah. <laughs> well, and of course, I, we have to give a credit to our pals Drew and Glenn. On you this son episode of a ever. bitch, Henry. Oh, I'm sorry. This was okay, Bob. Please, you you cover this. Uh, yes. No, we both did the same history, mm. but uh, they actually didn't mention this on their episode. Uh, I, I, I re-listened to it, and then uh, I, I talked to Drew about it, Drew Mackey from Gayest Episode Ever, and Drew was like, I feel bad that uh, you got to that before me. Mm. Uh, and I was like, no, no, don't worry. This information just makes me stupider. This is not something you should have in your brain. 
insane. Uh, but they covered a Gomer Pyle USMC episode called Love Letters to the Sarge last year on Gayest Episode Ever. And as I'm listening to this episode, I'm thinking this is so much like Bart the Lover because in mm. this Gomer Pyle episode, now I'll forgive you if you haven't seen it. Uh, <laughs> in this episode, uh, Gomer is sort of the anti-Bart. So Bar uh, uh, Gomer notices that Sergeant Carter, uh, you know, his boss in the army was very mad at him all the time. He's one of the only guys who's not getting love letters from his sweetest gals at home. And so uh, Gomer wants to cheer up the Sarge, so he basically makes a pseudonym called Miss X and starts writing love letters to Sergeant Carter. And he, much like Bart, has to go out and like ask advice from people to find out how to write love letters. And just like in Bart the Lover, he has to let Sarge down uh, easy when Sarge finally wants to meet this Miss X. And uh, it's not mentioned in the commentary, but I think the smoking gun in this episode is there's a Gomer Pyle reference in this episode. So I feel like they just left a little a little smoking gun to let us know, like, yes, we kind of borrowed from that because they weren't above borrowing from other sitcom plots. They, they admit as much. Like, yes, this um, the, the Super Bowl episode is basically a Mary Tyler Moore episode that they were cribbing from, but, hey, their boss worked on it. Yeah. It's funny on the commentary they don't mention it, but, yeah, I never – it didn't hit me until our, our pals Glenn and Drew did the, that episode of it, which is also – it's on gay – it's not a gay episode so much, but it lets them talk about how, like, it is – it is Gomer Pyle yeah. writing love letters to another man and, of course, Jim Neighbors, uh, a gay man as well, yes. But uh, – oh, and also this episode won Marsha Wallace an Emmy uh, that we oh, – wow. we've talked about this before, but that was – for the 92 uh, voice acting Emmy was mm -hmm. when they kind of reformed formatted it and as part of the reformat for i think it's the only time they did it they're like simpsons wins but it goes to all five of the regular <laughs> voices and then two guest voices marshall wallace and jackie mason so i don't uh, i don't believe that's how they format the voice acting emmys these days that is funny because i was taking note of like how good her performance was as miss krabappel and maybe because i i haven't watched a Miss Krabappel episode and she's, she's passed but like I was taken aback by like how good she was and I was like wow I want to go back and watch Mother or other Krabappel focused episodes now because um I, I was really really impressed uh there was like so much like again like so much heart in that story and that in that through line like it was it was really really a good performance yeah i think you know they got her they i think they got really uh well not lucky but they, they cast her well but she, you know mrs krabappel up to this point she was just bart's annoyed teacher yeah. like her her character for at least the first two seasons her character was just she prefers Martin to Bart yeah. and is just like, oh, like she praises Martin all the time mm -hmm. and hates Bart. Yeah. Uh, and, and then early in this season, they found the new dynamic for her to be horny or i guess i guess really in lisa's substitute in late season two they they made her horny. yeah too. yeah on the prowl yeah, yeah. yes yeah and and they also threw out the idea of like you know what, even though we called her mrs krabappel she is divorced like and 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 uh, uh single on the move but this found mm -hmm. a new level to her of of you yeah know, yeah just a, a sad loneliness that uh i think they they found so much to do with and yeah uh as and a, a bittersweet thing about this episode too is that in early november of 2013 when marsha wallace passed away uh at, at 70 they wanted to re-air this episode uh in like the eight o'clock slot that night uh but apparently it was their plan up into like there were last second issues clearing it they they, <laughs> uh, they called it technical issues i i'm not sure exactly but it's it's really too bad it turns uh, out zinc was a big sponsor <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but it would have been a great credit to her 
Uh, you're speaking a little bit to like uh, finding out some of the three dimensionality of, of Edna Carbapple, but like that opening montage where it's her getting off work, it's raining, she like buys the the lonely or lonely soup or whatever it was called, and uh, there's a bit when she gets uh, she stops by the gas station and the guy's like ex husband sugar in the gas tank, ex husband strikes again. Like I I say that line very often <laughs> to myself just walking around my apartment apropos of nothing. Bingo bango, <laughs> I say that so much. Yeah, I, but yes, the, the episode begins basically. Basically with a sketch of uh, uh well it's one of the greatest performances ever of i I, I have to play the whole clip because Dan yeah. is the funniest ever <laughs> in this one. And, and and Harry's great, too. Hey, what gives? You said you wanted to live in a world without zinc, Jimmy. Well, now your car has no battery. But I promised Betty I'd pick her up by six. I better give her a call. <sighs> <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy. Without zinc for the rotary mechanism, there are no telephones. Dear God. What have I done? <laughs> oh, think again, Jimmy. You see, the firing pin in your gun was made of... Yep. Zinc. Come back, Zinc! Come back! Come back! Zinc! Come back! Zinc! 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 What? Oh, it was all a dream. Thank goodness I still live in a world of telephones. Car batteries, handguns, and many things made of zinc. Gross, he's picking his nose. <laughs> oh, man, just dance. Zig, zig, what? Like it's just is what? Yeah. Like, oh God, I love that so much. Yeah. And in case, and in case you weren't aware, uh, this is very much of a, a style of industrial short that we saw a lot more of when Mystery Science Theater and Riff Tracks were dredging them mm -hmm. up. I mean, this is so much like a case of spring fever. It's mm -hmm. not funny. <laughs> yeah. And uh, also, paper and eye is a good one. Except there's no like physical manifestation of zinc uh, taunting the boy. Yeah. Uh, that's usually like a, a character in these shorts. Like, oh, do you want to know? Uh, you're taking this thing for granted well i'm going to show you what the world is going to be like without this and then it's like a little cheaply animated cartoon bouncing around no springs <laughs> <laughs> yes coily uh, yeah I, they replaced the silly cartoon character with just a a reed richards type i guess i yeah. would call him just a but like yeah. uh but <laughs> nondescript yeah, science man you know it's it's just so funny that like i mean it's great great dark joke that jimmy would kill himself <laughs> over over nosing in the world but but then also i i extra laugh now when he wakes up the next when he wakes up and he's one of the things he's thankful for is that hey yeah. guns exist. like he's like hey, <laughs> it's great how it just keeps firing as he talks yeah. too yeah. god it is a very dark joke for 8 p.m. So much so, this this was a, a real interesting find I found. I saw this on a Simpsons fan archive, and I was like, no, this has to be made up. I went into the San Francisco Chronicle archives to confirm this was a real article. Wow. Uh, so two days after this aired, uh, in the San Francisco newspaper, they quoted the executive director of the National Committee on Youth Suicide Prevention, who oh, was boy. upset at this joke in in the episode. Uh, Mac Raining, I, I uh, had a, he was asked for comment, and he had a funny defense for it. Uh, I'll I'll just read what he says. He's like Graining says he wakes up thinking, "Thank God I live in a world of zinc. If anything, it possibly <laughs> cheers up suicidal teens by <laughs> yeah. giving them something to yeah. laugh at." There you go. Which, I agree. I agree. But yeah. One reason to hang on is that zinc exists i think laughing at that at laughing at, uh, at dan castellana <laughs> saying zinc over and over again i'm sure he's yeah. uh, pulled many people away from dark places yeah 
I, I always love when the Simpsons can start with just like, you start with basically a sketch. Like, it's like an SNL yeah, sketch. Yeah. Yeah, it's classic <laughs> Simpsons too. I love that Martin. Of course, Martin's the one running the projector <laughs> too. That's also great. Uh, it it fits. He's yeah. the nerd who would do it. This is also such. I think I'm thinking about it writing wise. Mm-hmm. Like the episode starts like any regular one where you're through Bart's perspective. Like, uh, school is boring. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bell rings. Bart leaves, and you're used to like the camera will stay with bart mm-hmm. in whatever bart's mm-hmm. adventure but it lingers with edna and you're you're left with like well what happened you've never asked yourself this what happens to this character when mm-hmm. the school day's over and uh man it's so it's so sad how how <laughs> how empty she is like begging for them to stay and she'll do their homework yeah and, i you know i i'm very curious as, i wish i could go back and watch it um when it was first airing and see like what the general consensus was because i i'm sure it had to be very rare for like an animated show that's on prime time to like that's basically doing jokes 24 7 then take this pause and sit through this like pretty pretty grounded and and honestly kind of sad beat for like you know a couple pages for like you see her like i said you know she goes to the grocery store buys like one thing of food for herself she you see that she has a very spiteful ex-husband she goes home and she's so lonely that she decides to like look up personal ads like that's what you think the comedy is but like for us for a good chunk they're like there's not like a lot of laughs happening it's very it's very grounded as you sit with her with her in this like sort of real moment and i i love her playing just to let you know she doesn't give a crap about being a teacher like she plays a lot all every day and just like and if i win i'll finally stop being yeah, a teacher. yeah 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 and <laughs> Back to that sugar in the gas tank thing. I have some very boring information about this mm. because it's mm. actually an urban legend started in the 50s. Oh, and from yeah. my research, it really doesn't do anything because because uh, cars have fuel filters that do exactly that. Oh. So it was more possible to mess up a car by dumping things in the gas tank when the uh, the fuel pump was a mechanical thing, but now it's electronic. And cars are much more advanced. So, I mean, if you dump enough of anything in a car's gas tank, it probably will mess it up. But the sugar thing was an urban legend. Mm. Sounds like if you want revenge, then slashing tires is the faster way to go. Then, yeah, I, guess. I so, think so. Yeah. Yes, we're recommending this to all of our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing like an Andy Griffith show episode back in the day. Boy, we're getting all the hits in, aren't we? Uh, and it was about like a, a used car salesman swindler in town. And how they did things is they would basically put sugar in the gas tank and take the people out for a test drive. And in the fiction of the show, the sugar in the gas tank made the car run better temporarily. So <laughs> the sugar in the gas tank thing has had several meanings throughout history. It's a cure-all. <laughs> it can do whatever you yes. want it to do. I love the design on Edna's sad, lonely apartment. I, I and even like... It's like a tiny old apartment complex, too. Like, mm-hmm. it shows... Hey, she, what are you saying, Henry? Uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Only losers have kitchenettes? Uh, no, 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 no. No, I also, uh, you know, Edna's cat, not long for this world. We won't see it again. Uh, the, the cat is not there when she's dating Skinner. Yeah. Design-wise, I mean, the animation team... Uh, Carlos Baeza is director of it. This is great. I... Mm. He's he's our new white whale that we've like we are on the search for him. He moved back to Cuba after leaving The Simpsons and has never like appeared on a commentary mm-hmm. or, or any interviews we found. But I yeah I want to know all about him. But Me too. The design of Krusty on the the Springfield magazine cover <laughs> eating chili is such a fun. It's just a great drawing. I love that drawing. I would throw up if I saw a picture yeah. of a clown yeah. eating chili. <laughs> You're right. A clown eating chili on a cover of a magazine doesn't make you want to. Also, I just always loved like how what that said about the town of Springfield. Like one, 
there's so much news happening that they need to have their own dedicated magazine, but also Krusty, the only person that sells anything in this town, and he has to sell chili. Like, I always, thought just, I always like wanted to connect the dots. Like, how does this even campaign happen in the first place? Like, I thought it was so funny as a kid. <laughs> and also, like, she just speeds past it. Springfield Magazine scored like the only interview with JD Salinger yeah, yeah, ever. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> she doesn't care. <laughs> I love the realism of Edna when she decides she's going to do it uh, because she says at first, like, you know, oh, it might be fun. And then just the desperation instantly hits in, like, I need, I a, need man. a man. Like, just like, <laughs> they have her say, I need a man. And. This is one of those like coincidences later. I don't think intentional foreshadowing on the part of the show, but the next shot is yeah. Skinner, the guy she'll yeah. almost marry yeah. uh, and, and date for a while. It's also great on the Al Jean commentary. When they recorded it, they hadn't yet broken up Skinner and Edna yet, but he is hinting at it on the commentary. He goes like, well, now he's uh, Skinner and her together, but we'll see how that goes in the uh, <laughs> upcoming seasons. So, Do you guys yeah. remember what season they, they, that Skinner and Edna got together? Was it was it like within this early these early seasons or was it later down the line? It's it's season eight. It's mm. season eight, like Grade School Confidential. I'm pretty sure that's eight. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because I I remember that too, just because okay, gotcha. uh, Bill, Bill Oakley was doing fewer commentaries on season eight than seven, but he he was on that one because that episode is very uh, personal to him and and uh, his wife Rachel Polito. Mm. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it would be five more years before they get together. We think of them as like a constant couple. Yeah. But it would be five more seasons before. Wow. That. Okay, that's interesting. It may, but it makes so much sense. I think that's why Bart pitches it later yeah. in the episode. <laughs> I'm just like, wow, why don't you just yeah. date him? <laughs> You're both lonely. We saw how torn up uh, Edna was over Skinner's possible death in Bart the Murderer. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> also, another just random line like, ow, my eyeball. Like, what a great, what a great, like, dumb kid. Line. This is what causes Todd to swear so much yeah. later. <laughs> <laughs> The Simpsons will be right back. Bart plays Cupid to his teacher. Dear Edna. Truly, yours is a butt that won't quit. On The Simpsons Valentine's Eve special, Thursday. Welcome to the break, Gordy Howe appreciators, and a big thank you to our guest this week, Cody Ziegler. It was great to have him on and to talk about his insights into this episode, as well as all the cool stuff he's working on, like the new season of Futurama, his recent work on She-Hulk, and of course, definitely check out Cody Ziegler's great comic books he's been writing too at Marvel, including his new run on Miles Morales' Spider-Man, his Spider-Punk limited series, and his work on Amazing Spider-Man's Beyond Amazing Run. Oh, and also don't forget his super cool podcast, The Dark Weeb. Thank you so much, Cody, for coming on the show. We'd love to have you back. And you know, this podcast is only successful thanks to the support of listeners like you who go to patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. Me and Bob do this as our full-time job because of supporters like you on there. Their five bucks a month not only helps us out, but also gets them access to a ton of exclusive content. Our monthly podcast exclusives of Talking Futurama 
Tom and Talk King of the Hill, a new episode each month from both of those series of us covering it just like we do The Simpsons. And for the last eight weeks of 2022, we had new episodes of Blabbing About Batman the Animated Series, us, us talking about more of our favorite episodes of the Batman the Animated Series. And if you sign up, you get access to a back catalog of over 150 exclusive podcasts covering things like The Critic and Mission Hill. Please check it all out for yourself at patreon.com slash talking simpsons today but if you want something even nicer than a dinner for one at the gilded truffle please check out the premium level at patreon.com slash talking simpsons you get all the stuff i just talked about at the five dollar level and then you get our monthly exclusive mega podcast what a cartoon movie us talking about an animated feature film super duper in depth just like we do the simpsons often for over five hours sometimes even over six hours this month we're talking about the holiday underrated classic satoshi Kon's tokyo godfathers and previously we talked about the leica 2012 film paranorman and next month we'll be talking about for the first month of 2023 disney's dumbo yes we have so many cool things planned for all of you there and if you sign up you get access to the entire back catalog of what a cartoon movie over four years over 50 podcasts us covering things like who framed roger rabbit for six and a half hours things as varied from akira to a goofy movie beavis and butthead do the universe to spider-man into the spider-verse and everything in between please check it all out for yourself at patreon.com slash talking simpsons Okay, so yo-yo champions. <laughs> uh, I I will say, I never got a, a school assembly like this growing up. But we did at my elementary school. The closest we had, other than like a okay, the closest was it was basically a new kids on the block style group. Mm. I think that got started in the area that were like, hey, we're gonna sing. They basically did a mini concert for us and then sold us their EP <laughs> afterwards. Oh, so. well, that's, that's sleazy. Yes, yeah. Uh, for for me, uh, I, I was mainly thinking of, uh, you know, what's the educational value of this? Thinking back at this as an adult. And one of the assemblies was, uh, here's an old man with a whip and he's going to do whip tricks to the point where it's like, let's get your principal on the stage. And the principal like would hold a piece of paper yeah. out and he would like whip it out of her hand that's or whatever. That's funny. Oh, that's cool. And it was wow, like, that's just like this. Did, did he, it was like an old man with an eye patch yeah oh sorry cody no that's just I, i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you uh, but I, I just had to know did either of you guys have um a guy like a really muscular guy come and rip rip phone books in half because we had that happen we had a guy that came it was, it was sort of based around like self-improvement and self-power but he just came and he just like ripped a phone book in half and like that was the entire presentation and like the, we, the kids were like we don't know what we're supposed to do with this information it wasn't really that entertaining <laughs> because he was like Spent a long time struggling to do it, but like I, I don't know if that was like the only school that happened. But I'm so curious to know if other people had this experience. Wow, I, I never had that. They were mostly like anti-drug things, yeah. uh, self-esteem things, yeah. or you show up and you realize this is the newest fundraiser. Here's what you're selling. Yeah. I went to private school. My parents were paying tuition, and they still were like, "Here's a box of candy. Get out there. <laughs> you might wrong. you might win a bike, but you know what? The kids who won bikes." Their parents own businesses, and they basically made all of their employees buy the candy yeah. bars, and they won uh, yeah, all the yeah, prizes. Yeah. So the rich get richer was an early lesson. <laughs> this episode is a real lesson in, in capitalism, too, for us as kids, because they are talking about 
they're writing from their own childhoods and being advertised yo-yos to them <laughs> with school assemblies from the Dunkin' Yo-Yo Champions. Uh, if you want to know the style of uh, how this was sold back then, look up on YouTube the 1970 commercial. It's so much visual that I didn't pull up clips from it, <laughs> but look up on YouTube the 1970 commercial, Dunkin' Presents How to Run a Yo-Yo Contest featuring Barney Akers. <laughs> uh, you'll- the Barney Akers? the barney acres he's no uh ted carpenter <laughs> yeah it's uh they they also mentioned that like uh they had friends who were yo-yo champions apparently the 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 late owner of golden apple comics in los angeles oh. uh was was one of those yo-yo champions oh uh, bill Leibowitz, who who started the store fine yeah i it is in his 2004 obituary they, they mentioned it and how he was uh, he was a yo-yo champion at eight and he kind of parlayed that money into <laughs> to the comic shop and and he'd even do yo-yo exhibitions at the Melrose branch of Golden Apple Comics in the 90s. So, it's it's funny. When this episode came out, this was like, I remember being shocked at how accurate it was because there truly was just kids everywhere um, walking the, like doing this trick with the, called the walking the dog and like the, the little cat's cradle thing. But like that, that honestly, like the, that whole bit after they come and everyone's in the yo-yos at the school was just my school for a solid year. It was just everywhere you look, people with like yo-yos. And I, I certainly as a kid probably had a couple of yo-yos, but I could never make it work. I never, Same. I yeah. just didn't, I didn't have the skills for yo-yo. Yeah. I can make it go down yeah. and up. That's basically it. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what a, a yo-yo penetration is like now, but I, I've never seen anyone share like uh, a yo-yo TikTok or whatever. So I feel like there's be. a space there for yo-yo Oh man. Yeah. There content. should be a yo-yo TikTok account. You're right. Yeah, uh, if, if not, free idea out there. You know, like, but it also so it's hard to use a yo-yo. It seems yeah. hard to animate yo-yos effectively, and there's lots of really <laughs> cool uh, yo-yo animation in this episode. Oh man, yeah, I love. <laughs> honestly, the Twirl King champions, all four of them, yeah. they are like a superhero team. Like they all, everybody has a specialty, and like they're designed perfectly to be like a diverse group of people. Like Mister Amazing and this and the, the uh, 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 Sparkle is the is the Smurfette <laughs> of the group. Did you guys like, have a favorite? Yeah. Of the uh, of the yo-yoers, you know, always as a kid, and I still feel it. it it's zero gravity. It's just like yeah. it's such a cool, cool trick. Yeah. I mean, Mr. Amazing with his uh, a bunch at once. That's pretty cool too. But mm-hmm. yeah, I like the Cobra. It's a bit of cultural appropriation, but uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he doesn't choke on the yo-yo, which is uh, impressive. The the swallowing of it is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. I also was a big fan <laughs> of zero gravity. I thought it was so cool. I mean, I was it, it hit everything that like seven year old Cody wanted to watch at that point in time in his life. I mean, they're basically the X Men. Pretty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, yeah. It's also uh, like this is an episode about, about women, and it shows how few uh, female role models are presented to Lisa that she immediately just falls in love with Sparkle and wants to be her. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, the one girl I love. Yes. This now as an adult, I really love this scene because it is so much about it's about the kid perspective and the adult perspective like you have the kids instantly fall in love they're like oh this glamour works on them perfectly yeah and then yeah. you have the adults going like what like are just like <laughs> being very cynical about it and even the pitch man i just love how the presenter starts with like not much competition for a video game or is it admitting like yeah, why would you yeah video games why would you play with you know? <laughs> uh, and I, I really love the layout of it's like three stages of reactions as mm-hmm. it moves up. You, they, the, it's the older somebody gets. You have Bart say like they must be rich. 
move yeah. upwards. The slightly older boys say like they must get all kinds of girls. Then all the way to the back, and it's the adults uh, just being incredibly cynical of like, why are we even doing this? And this is the greatest. I love. She's like, this will be one of their few pleasant memories when they they live a crappy life later. Like. Uh. <laughs> And also the use of the Age of Aquarius song from Hair, I think. Yes, yes, yes. I was going to say this exact same thing. This perfect, pitch perfect use of a song for, for a needle drop for this scene. Boy, I don't know if they if they corrected this on Disney Plus, but I was watching my old DVDs, and that strobing effect is uh, is out, out of sight. It's, it's, it's uh, strong strobes. It's yeah. a health hazard. <laughs> Ooh, I I didn't even notice it because I, I watched it on the. I didn't watch it on my DVDs today. I watched it on Disney Plus, but I didn't. It, it wasn't. It seem as prominent. So maybe they they may have maybe. may have fixed it. I'm not sure. Well, and we're we're talking to a Disney Plus star right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, well, naturally, the Disney Corporation would protect us. Yes, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> our, our 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 Lord Masters of the Disney Corporation always have our best interests in heart. Again, uh, I I didn't throw this in all the other compliments I was throwing at Cody at the start, but seriously, your your She Hulk episode the the whole season was great. <laughs> your She Hulk episode, thank you. I loved it so much. Like it was. I read one of, another of my first comics I read growing up was She Hulk number three because Spider-Man mm-hmm. was in it. But I loved She-Hulk yeah. then afterwards. And yeah, yeah. Th- that, your episode so had the feel of the She-Hulk comics I, I read growing up. Like, ah, it's funny. Thanks, uh, it, it's funny. It's in the, uh, it has a weird side villain. And also, like, <laughs> She-Hulk, She-Hulk has sex. Like, she's she, yeah. uh, trying to say it in the most nice. Uh, like her and Matt Burdock get together. Spoilers if you haven't seen it yet. Sorry, but it's, yeah. I, I feel like everybody talked about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, great. it was very fun. I mean, I uh, am such a bizarrely huge fan of. I have. I'm showing them. They can't. You can't see it, but like I have <laughs> Frogman toy. And I've had it forever, and like I'm such a bizarrely huge fan of like those like C and D list villains and stuff. No, I love when I saw Frog. Thank you for that. Because when I saw Frogman, even in like the promotional materials, I was like, holy crap! Okay, that is the exact right c-lister <laughs> d-lister really to to appear yeah, yeah. in she-hulk i was so glad to see to see frogman get the mcu but yes so. and i've been quiet because i'm the bigger she-hulk fan and i want to, i want to let henry have a platform uh, yeah i could this. see i could i could see bob seething with like you could you, you can't people at home can't see it, but he's surrounded by she-hulk merch it's a little unsettling she's, to be honest she's my wife <laughs> uh, <laughs> i like she-hulk as a friend that's all she's but she's my best friend uh, well, but so yes after an amazing uh yo-yo uh presentation the kids are going after like i also just love bart say bart and millhouse say the exact thing that they're supposed to say like how much do those yo-yos cost i don't care yeah like, all, they have been sold it perfectly and i know it the shot of them all in the back of the van is a great dark joke but i think that's <laughs> the old sparkle is one of the most like wonderfully like cruel uh, lines the show has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and i i noticed this time like a little touch in the drawing of the people in the back of the van is like they're all morose except for sparkle because i think she realized she reached one child yeah yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, you know hearing that from lisa but like yeah that sparkle she's like see there's always other sparkles like just the idea of like well that was the old sparkle i'm just the new one who got hired and they haven't made a new photo for me yet like oh god damn it's so good every kid's got yo-yos now the next day and the kid uh it's uh well actually you know what i gotta play that this was the old sparkle line it's so funny to me what do you say we get your principal up here oh see that one grazed my ear don't move you could really get hurt Oh. How much do those yo-yos cost? I don't care! Bye! Bye. <laughs> wow, thanks, Sparkle. 
Wait, this isn't you. That's the old Sparkle. All right, get your worthless butts <laughs> in the van. We got three more schools to do. Come on, let's go, go, go! <laughs> worthless butts, like that's. <laughs> yeah, that's good. But and I don't think yo-yo sound like that, but for some reason, it, it sounds like what a yo-yo should sound like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, Travis Power, uh, unsung hero of The Simpsons, like his his sound design is so great. I, uh, Cody, I don't know if you've experienced this working on, on Futurama, but I've always heard Matt Groening is very invested in getting sound effects like that just right, too. Like, he's... he's yeah, he, um, he, he, he's like, he has, like... He can hyper focus on specific things. It's like he was talking um, the other day actually about how like when there was an episode when like they had the Simpsons cry like last Simpsons cry for the first time and he was like I he was a real stickler because usually they would just do blue for tears and he's like no it has to be clear like clear what is what makes sense so like they are there are all these like small things that no one thinks of that he, he really latches onto and like tears and sound effects are definitely uh in the top two of those things <laughs> yeah I, I think we just covered a uh, futurama it's the one where bender becomes a chef and at one point he claps mm-hmm. his hands twice and yeah. on the commentary matt's like wait why does it sound like two fleshy hands clapping he's a robot <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> he, he is very good at identifying like yeah that's yeah, wrong. yeah those are the exact type of things that he will he'll question yeah uh, and so every kid at school's got a yo-yo uh i like nelson just bashing a kid's head in when questioned <laughs> on his bad yo-yo abilities uh and then bart is amazingly good at yo-yo like he's better than the twirl king champions really like, i mean we did cover it last time we talked about this uh show but uh this scene is now retroactively cursed yeah <laughs> so as bart is showing off all of his tricks homer thinks he's gonna get rich and yes he, he marge challenges him to name one person who's gotten rich off of a yo-yo this the joke back then was these are three people who are very famous for things that getting rich from things that are not yo-yos mm-hmm. but now yeah. you hear every name but arnold palmer it just makes you sad it yeah just, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh, when when homer says i think it's the only time until relatively recently that homer says the name donald trump in the show yeah. and of course the and the, the reference to bill cosby is because they're running against him like bill cosby is their their friendly rival on another yeah. network at the time but uh yeah it's it's lines that uh every every day that goes by it, it feels much different than <laughs> yeah. than intended unfortunately so meanwhile it cuts to school edna's very annoyed all the kids are trying to ask if yo-yos <laughs> have anything to do with anything is the answer yo-yos uh and <laughs> I love, you know, both Bart with his yo reply and also the pick in his nose thing. It's something I feel like, I don't know if they do anymore it's so much on the show, but I miss when Bart was a kid who taught kids how to be a, a, a bad boy yeah, in class. Yeah, like, yeah. That, like, to te- it, like to teach kid pranks. I don't know if he does that so much anymore. <laughs> this yo-yo snapping of uh, Edna when she's like, nothing to be said about yo-yos, no projects, no dioramas. I remember a teacher of ours snapping in a similar way with less like, uh, they, they were prodded a lot less because it was a music teacher and uh, they're like, like, okay, we're going to be talking about bebop today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know the musical genre bebop. And a kid, this is 1991, by the way, and a kid is like, are we going to be talking about Rocksteady 2? <laughs> and he's like, that's it! <laughs> oh, you know when a teacher slams the door, Uh-oh. a kid might yeah. get hit. Yeah, oh, damn. That didn't happen, but it was like, you are writing an essay for the rest of the class. I'm not talking to any of you. Wow, wow, man. He had heard, he had heard yeah. just enough about Turtles. Yeah. Oh, that's so, wow. He, he knew enough about Turtles that Rocksteady was uh, Bebop's 
uh, companion. Holy cow, man. Just slam. Like, <laughs> you know, he had learned enough at that point. That's so fun. Yeah, I feel yeah. Like, <laughs> This episode in general makes me feel bad for teachers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We didn't get hit in Catholic school. They realized we were in enough danger. <laughs> oh, God. As Bart, uh, after he pranks the teacher, he's, he's innocently wanting to show off one new trick to Millhouse. Uh, this is where it's called plucking the pickle. And no point until the commentaries did I ever think it was a, a meant to be them getting a, a yeah. masturbation euphemism in the show. But it's quite obvious now. They mentioned they had to go through like multiple. Yeah. I think he originally wanted it to be spanking the monkey. I think I that's think, it. Yeah. yeah. But they apparently uh, you like, yeah, Cody, in your experience, how have you gone up against getting things past standards and practices or not it's funny because we we do have similar things now i mean we have a lot of leeway because we're streaming at this point but but you know he's like we like to keep it the, the same that we have always done but like there are like sometimes we'll just take fully take 15 20 minutes and, and just it, everyone will pitch alternate alts for like whatever the dumb thing is that we're trying to do and it is one of those moments where i do have to take a i have to stop myself from taking a step back being like oh this is a room full of adults and we're pitching like poop a variant jokes or like the proper like just it was very, it's very fun to do those things or like or like um or a thing that we really enjoy doing but also hate doing or sign gags whenever like you know any classic like the church will have like a, a sign gag or like those are always very very fun but also torturous because we each have to come up with like 10 alts to, to that will hopefully get on there and be funny it sounds like it is a tradition in, in writer's room that signed gags will keep people there late. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, is it uh, is it an in-person writer's room for... Uh... No, we're all we're, we're all Zoom. Luckily, we're all Zoom. And also, like, half the writers are in, like, another country. It's, it's, it is really all times of day. So it, sometimes, for us, we're on the East Coast. We're great because, you know, we, we're used to it. But uh, there are moments when... We will see that it's like, you know, two o'clock our time, but it's pitch black on some of our other writers zooms because it's fully 630 there. It's three hours ahead, four hours ahead sometimes. So, <laughs> yeah, man, that's uh, I, I didn't realize it got it got that remote with it. Oh, man. That's one. Well, so uh, this is when Bart loses his yo-yo in our next clip. Hey, Bart, got any new tricks for us today? Just one. A little something I call plucking the pickle. I build up a little steam and... <gasps> I didn't do it. <laughs> Don't worry about your wee fish lass. They're going to a better place. <laughs> Bart, that's one month's detention. Mrs. Krabappel, we're all upset by the untimely deaths of Stinky and Wrinkles. But life goes on. So if I could just have my yo-yo back. Bart, if I were you and you were me, would you give back the yo-yo? Here you go. Just kidding. Here you go. Just kidding. <laughs> well, would you? Absolutely. <laughs> That's, uh, I love the, here you go, just kidding, that would come back in the Lisa's <laughs> Beauty Queen. Krusty oh, uh, right. would do it. Though he would be punished by God by being struck by lightning. <laughs> and I, I love the Willie joke, but it is such a cheat yeah. because he's not even out of the room when you hear the toilet flush. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. It's, it's physically yeah. impossible, but the timing, it, it works so well. Yeah. You're not really paying attention. I mean, also the great line of Bart saying, I didn't do it while, when the yo-yo runs literally to his <laughs> to finger. To his hand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now, Stinky and Wrinkles, that's funny names, but Super Dude, funnier name for a, a dead class pet uh, from from Who Shot Mr. Burns Part 1. But I like that the Play Dude cover says Updike on the Martini, which means, <laughs> to me, means it's a very old issue of Play Dude when they, when yeah. they interviewed John Updike. Yeah, some kid brought their dad's 1976 <laughs> issue in. 
<laughs> you know, in that in that pre-internet time, if you found if you found a set a 1972 issue of, of Playboy, it was prized. Uh, yeah, as, that was a gold a, on a on a schoolyard. <laughs> they slam the door the door on that Bart loses it, and he's got a month of detention. We cut to Edna on one of her dates, and and it shows you that like uh, you know, obviously the internet and dating apps have exacerbated these things, but. This shows you that even back then when it was via mail, people will send you a photo that's like many years younger than they are now Oh, uh, and or catfishing yeah. you. And I think uh, Jasper looked like a real cool dude back in, back in his heyday. <laughs> yeah. With his zoot suits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, see, because of this line, just because there was a little snow on the roof, I forget how the rest of that goes, I could never learn the saying yes. of it. I've heard the real saying many times, but I could never learn it. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, yeah. This does make Jasper uh, about 90 years old, though. <laughs> yes, yeah. In, in 1992. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, the, the real saying is, I have to Google it every time. It's just because there's snow on the roof doesn't mean there's not a fire inside. Okay. But but see, the Jasper line is just so good. Like, I forget how the rest of that goes. Like, that is just rewrote my brain but uh so then we cut to bart he's a very skilled plumber already and skills he's going to use very well at the the maison derriere when he works yeah. he's plumbing there and that malibu stacy had the designing of it disgusting it's yeah it's great just covered in grime yeah <laughs> uh but bart gets his chance when uh edna is able to go drink early at the office and, and runs off, uh, <laughs> grades every paper with a B. That's a great joke. And this is when Bart discovers the personal ad for himself with object, save me. And he he knows what he's going to do. He Bart writes a really good first letter for a trick. Uh, I mean, uh, he even starts with yeah. like basically saying, I don't normally do this type of thing. He picks Woodrow Wilson as a name when the incredibly pinched, mean face of Woodrow Wilson is the one that inspires him. It's on the wall next to him. <laughs> this is where I learned about Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, Me too. same here. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Bart is catfishing her, you know, just for, for his yo-yos. She should realize when he has such a great specific in there about yo-yos, she, that should set alarm bells <laughs> off. But, you know, lo loneliness can blind us yeah, all. I but. hate yo-yos. <laughs> and she imagines... A man named Woodrow having that accent too for some reason. Like that's the voice. <laughs> but she yeah, there are a lot of head. there are a lot of red flags that say this is not be true. But you know, like as you said, like you know, she's a lonely, lonely lady, and she's she's hoping for her best. Uh, but I I remember I rewatching this today. I was like, I really do appreciate when um you know Bart's usually a pretty dumb kid intellectually and like written word wise but i do like that he was able to channel some sort of genius for this very specific task and only because it was going to be a prank but otherwise he cannot do anything uh education to educational wise to save his life yeah i think i think that's a big thing for even to like the beginning with graining uh in the shorts with bart is that like bart bart does terrible in school like i mean Bart the genius is about how he can't focus in school and school boards him bores him but if you have him yeah have to work on something he's interested in he actually can focus very well like yeah so we come back from the commercial break and this is where out of nowhere the B plot comes in but yeah. it's a great one they're very inconsistent with the weather in this episode uh, because at times it's too cold for the dog. At times Homer is like sleeping on a hammock <laughs> outside. Uh, but this also made me think that uh, they did one Christmas uh, show in season one. And then for three years in a row, they do Valentine's mm. shows. 
That's right. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, Principal Charming. It's this. And then it's I Love Lisa. And David Merkin does not care about love. <laughs> so we're not getting one for season five. I guess another Simpsons clip show is kind of a Valentine's Day episode, but it's yeah. the worst one you could possibly get. <laughs> I guess that shows you really how much he hates love. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, I feel it's animated too well. I feel too horrible for, for Sam's little helper here. Like he's <laughs> just this especially a greyhound is so cold like it is not made to be outside it's it's just yeah, shivering they, they truly have yeah they're just like nothing but but muscle and and skin like they have nothing they're so lean it's it, it's so uh, it, that was that was a very funny bit uh and i this is what maybe one of my favorite b stories because it involves so many moving parts as it goes along like anytime you have a classic flanders homer story like the always always a fun bit but like when it's like the end is being his two his two kids like that i love the kids so much like they're such funny perfect dork neighbor kids i love uh homer homer saying but what are you gonna do which is like well you let your dog in that's what you do but <laughs> i like he grabs a fistful of marshmallows too for that too, yes. yeah nice nice little bit yeah. of acting there <laughs> and yes also that homer in a real jerk way thinks that i i will say i experienced this with my own father who if he usually thought if any of us wanted to spend money it was on something stupid or that we got tricked or whatever and that i often would think of homer's like a tool of the doghouse makers <laughs> but all those doghouse yeah, ads in the pocket uh i love i love to when homer says he's gonna build it marge kind of looks away like i don't know like she she knows how this is gonna go maybe we should let the dog in marge dogs love the outdoors I think he needs a dog house. Yeah, but what are you going to do? I bet we could buy a nice dog house for $50. <sighs> Marge, you're a tool of the dog house makers. I am not. Yes, you are. You've been brainwashed by all those dog house commercials on TV. I know. I'll build them a dog house. Oh, I don't know. Don't worry. I just drew up a little blueprint. Now, let me walk you through it. This is the door. He goes through that. This is the roof. And this happy character here is the sun. He shines down on the house, see? And I, I love Homer's childlike drawing of the doghouse, especially with him <laughs> explaining to Marge what the sun is. Like, that's the sun. He so. shines down. <laughs> Keeps things warm. That feels like an ad lib by Dan Castellaneta. I don't know if it is, though, but he's, he's selling it in a very casual way. Dan is, I mean, Dan is always great, but he's really great in this episode. <laughs> Bart says, I guess he's got globe wax later, but he's already working that floor waxer, as he tells uh, Marge when he comes in. Uh, and this is when Bart is excited he's got his letter. I was so close. It's so, uh, Cody, we are always on the watch out for a yeah, twister mouth yeah. whenever Bart's head moves in two directions at once. When he says, I'm, yeah. I'm the 29th president, he almost does it like his head does do the quick it thing. feels like it was a cur on, on the on the words united states it feels like he it was an aborted twister yeah, mouth yeah. he was gonna go yeah. for it but he's like yeah. no my jaw hurts too much today <laughs> and yes edna sends nudes she she sends well yeah. it, a sexy photo not literally a nude photo but yeah she's again it shows you that all this stuff pre-internet it was still yeah. happening and also as again it's gotta be pretty provocative for like 92 you know yeah, this is at eight o'clock. It's showing like and and it's also like it shows that Edna is a attractive woman too. Like yeah, she's yeah. she's a hot lady. Uh though Bart is gonna get arrested for revenge porn if he photocopies yes. that. You we know? didn't have that term back then, <laughs> yes, but yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, this actually reminds me, and I think I'm in the clear now, of of a letter based prank a friend and I played on another friend. And to be fair, this other friend was very annoying. So <laughs> okay. well, he was no he was no victim. 
and the year was 1996 <laughs> and we were 14 so not we could not be tried as adults obviously and you know we were all excited about the n64 and this rotten friend actually got a reservation in and it was very hard to do so what my uh, friend and i decided to do was like let's mail him a letter uh supposedly from toys r us saying <laughs> we regret to inform you that your uh your reservation has been canceled remember to play it loud this fall or whatever and uh yes it worked but at a certain point we were like uh, well, he brought the letter to school and was like, oh, can you believe this? And he was so like, he got too sad over it. Oh, and I believe we yeah. did say, uh, we had to like gently let him know, like, we just played a prank on you. Go get your N64. It's fine. Oh. But he was a, a very credulous <laughs> friend. Uh, at least uh. that's, that's so, uh, well, it's nice you told him the truth. Yes. That's yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, I would have been heartbroken if I got a call from, uh, if, if I thought Toys R Us was telling me that. Yeah. He should have looked at all of the signs, though. <laughs> uh, you know, if you're a trusting kid, I, I, I was also the prank E on <laughs> things like that a couple yeah. times as a kid. I, I was too trusting. Uh, so so we, we then come to the swearing and we got to do what we we love to do on this podcast which is tell people about other interviews we did but we did when we, <laughs> when we interviewed john Vitti, he talked about how bart's casual swearing they curtailed in season three not out of like censors telling them to do it but because their friends uh who they respected were parents and said like you taught my kid the word bastard and they keep saying it like <laughs> you so so the, this uh, must be also pulled from that too of just like that oh yeah this we've taught kids swears all the time and we're feeling a little guilty <laughs> about it yeah it feels like the turning point in the show where they they cut down on the swearing the casual swearing and also the turning point in the mm -hmm. show where they really figure out oh the the flanders are very christian yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and i think me as a kid i mean it's true homer taught me the term to hell with this like and i think i still say it to this day uh <laughs> the little the little kid hearing it all said he's like he brings it to dinner the next night and i would say a meme is born in this moment at least in, yeah. in the simpson shitposting community yes uh, <laughs> in, in our next clip fella came into the store today and asked for change for a dollar well sir i gave him three quarters by mistake took me the whole afternoon to track him down todd would you like some mixed vegetables hell no <gasps> what did you say <laughs> I don't want any damn vegetables. All right, that's it, young man. No Bible stories for you tonight. Oh. <laughs> Weren't you a little hard on him? Well, you knew I had a temper when you married me. Ned Flanders is on the phone. No, this is about that stupid quarter again. <laughs> I, hello, Ned. Uh, sorry to bother you, Reverend Lovejoy, but I, I, I'm kind of in a tizzy. Our son Todd just told us he didn't want to eat his damn vegetables. Well, you know, kids and vegetables. What was it, asparagus? No, no, Reverend. <laughs> the point is he said a bad word. Oh, oh, right, yeah. Well, kids usually pick these things up from someplace, find out who's doing it, and uh, direct him to the Bible. Where in the Bible? Uh... Page <laughs> Damn Flanders. Uh, Page <laughs> great acting from it, from great line reading. If you're not religious, you might not know that uh, you don't refer people to pages of the Bible. Yeah, you're like yeah. this book, this verse, these chapters. I love their their lovely Christian dinner of like a big ham mm -hmm. and mixed vegetables, and that like I I don't know. I don't think for my parents they wouldn't have said they would have said a vegetable like have your peas, have your broccoli or whatever. Mm -hmm. The term mixed vegetables 
vegetables sounds like she's like reading the bag like she's like going by the advertisements i feel that was just like a can of mixed vegetables that were just dumped into a strainer and then heated up yeah. with them butter on them or something that that mm. frozen bag of it's it's carrots it's peas and broccoli like and you just dump it in a bag or... picked about five years ago <laughs> oh and corn yes. of course too. Yes. <laughs> and brought to your table yeah i've been sitting in an ice box for two years but man that look i mean that look on todd's face when he says damn vegetables with squint yes yeah. yeah and i also like uh, how much they underline well yeah yeah uh, flanders is a norm about how poorly his business is doing because a man came in just to get change <laughs> oh, yes. he yeah. didn't buy anything leftorium's not back into bad business again you know homer saved yeah. it that one time but i guess it's not doing good like this is the start of a real run or two not just the the hyper christianness but also that todd is easily influenced <laughs> like she he's the one who thought if he should stab somebody like the mouse did or he's also the one who said my freaking ears yeah he's not he's not the kid who bart played mini golf with mm -hmm. uh wait did he play was it rod no, or was it was it him, okay yeah, yeah, yeah i thought so and yeah it's uh he's he's a very different uh incredibly impressionable child here too i <laughs> I mean, also too, as a kid, I, I would say I was guilty. I was a Todd as well. Like I, I was, I was a good boy in school, but I did get in trouble once because before this episode aired of The Simpsons, uh, we like I think a couple years before, I had seen the word <laughs> "slut" yeah. said on Married with Children, and I repeated it in school and got in a lot oh, wow. of trouble for that. And so it, the kids, kids learn dirty words all the day. So how do parents <laughs> kids do indeed say the darnest things? <laughs> how do teachers deal with it now? Like literally every everything is online there's no i i that's a good I, i'm also wondering if teachers these days are even unless you play something say something horrendous like do they even care if <laughs> a student curses because i'm sure all the teachers grew up in that environment too where they were cursing because i mean where, where they were because uh, our generation now have been logged on for like you know 20 years like i i wonder if it's even like that big of a deal at this point unless you say something really really reckless well and also you don't know i if i was a teacher today i would also worry of like wait are one of them secretly filming me to try to like clown on me online is yeah this, is this all <laughs> yeah. just like a, a stunt what's going on here? <laughs> like, my um, my family was a real swearing family but i can only push it so far in front of them like i couldn't call my sister a bitch or anything like right. that yeah but i, I could yeah. say the f word pretty loosely around them wow. um yeah pretty pretty cavalier but then i'd be around other people's uh families and it would slip out and i would just feel really bad because clearly that was not the rules there <laughs> like uh, a friend's mom and me uh, a friend's mom yelled at me for saying geez oh geez yeah. oh really geez wow, Jeez. wow. She's like, oh, you should wow. say gosh. It's like, isn't gosh short for God too? Uh, man, that's <laughs> shocking. I, yeah, I, the close I had to that was I got in trouble one, not trouble, but a teacher admonished me for saying x writing X-mus instead of you know Christmas. She was right, Henry. That bothers me too. <laughs> uh, come on, it's fun. X-mus and, uh, mm. and that's how it is in the future in Futurama. So, you know. I would say, yeah, <laughs> they didn't know that you were actually, that there was all the precursor to you being a super Futurama fan as well. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I also love that Ned has talked Lovejoy's ear off just about one quarter like he felt so so much guilt about it it's a little hard to read but that ned talked to him so long that his ice cream melted and his dessert was ruined that's also a great guy <laughs> uh, so bard asks uh lisa for some help uh lisa instantly knows that she's got something on him as as the sister and is just like taunts him until bart goes away this another one of those things of like oh this is an extra joke i never mm. got when lisa is naming the girls bart could have a crush on he says is it terry <laughs> no is it sherry no like he's more emphatic over one twin <laughs> than the other like it shows bart has twin favoritism there <laughs> Though I guess we've noticed a lot when we were looking for it, like there's a lot of stuff between the 
one twin likes Bart more than the other twin and Bart likes one twin more than the other but I, I forget how often they change it with Sherry and or Terry then we get our, <laughs> our wink towards the inspiration for this episode which as a kid I only knew Gomer Pyle from this joke and then the later two years later mm-hmm. in season five the joke of Homer remembering Gomer Pyle I knew nothing about Gomer Pyle as you know a it's a fine show I watched a ton of it as a kid because he's such a like a wholesome and nice character he was like a very it's like what if a uh, Pollyanna style character was in the army and somehow did not get drafted to fight in Vietnam yeah. it's funny I had the same the same sort of thought that like my, I only for so long I knew so many, so many of the references just from the Simpsons but not knowing what they were based off so like Gomer Powell to me was just this funny voice that they did on the Simpsons like I didn't know that he was like had like a whole other like shit going on but like I just knew him mostly growing up as this funny voice from the Simpsons that they would do every now and then it's crazy to think that Gomer Pyle as a character was so popular on the Andy Griffith show that he graduated into his own show that lasted for <laughs> years and years and was hugely successful. Yeah. He never came back to Mayberry. <laughs> uh, you know, everybody <laughs> fell in love with Goober anyway. So they, <laughs> but yes, uh, this, this is uh, a, a dual clip here. Not only do we get to hear Gomer Pyle, but we also get to hear Homer in love. Golly, Sergeant Carter. I can't fix your Jeep, but maybe this will make it up to you. Galveston, oh, Galveston. Is this all he watches? Well, he used to watch Davy and Goliath, but he thought the idea of a talking dog was blasphemous. <laughs> hey, Mom, did you say the love letters Dad sent you? Of course I say them. <laughs> yes. Although, actually, there's only one. And it's more of a love postcard from some brewery he visited. Maybe it's severe talking, Marge, <laughs> but you got a butt that won't quit. You got these big chewy pretzels here that are all you got with the beer. You know, Five dollars? Get out of here. Wow, excited dad I've never seen. <laughs> oh, One of my absolute man. favorite jokes. I love everything about that. Five dollars. Get out of here. <laughs> what what is five dollars that pissed off Homer so much? <laughs> yeah. Like maybe it was to pull uh, the, the touch the world's largest pull tab. That was f- or that was the five dollars <laughs> you had to spend. You know, my wife and I we love going to breweries. It's one of our favorite excursions, and I usually do get a big chewy pretzel, and I do think of this line in my head <laughs> when I order it. And they and they now they're closer to like six or seven dollars, mm-hmm. but at a certain point they were five dollars. But you know, we're living through inflation, yeah. so this joke doesn't apply anymore. You know what? I think butt that won't quit is a great compliment still you know it is it's a useful one <laughs> try it on your apps folks uh with uh, but see see how far it gets you that dan goes into just all this garbled stuff yeah and that the the animators take that to be just like just scrawling on a and then homer's love note was just a postcard he sent for capital city like yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah i remember having so many questions like he couldn't have been gone long that long he probably got home around the same time the actual postcard got home I, i'm sure homer doesn't remember sending that uh, <laughs> card either like I... this this actually reminds me like one of the worst field trips we took was we went to camp for about five days in uh in my school like during the fall in ohio so it was very oh, cold oh, wow. and i i had just seen camp things from uh you know television and movies so i was like what do you do at camp oh you write your letter to your family i'm gonna do that and i was sitting down and doing it and some like adult came up and said you're gonna get home before that letter does. Stop it! <laughs> yeah. I was just doing a TV. Told I no me. longer yeah. fear death. <laughs> yes, exactly. But uh, taking us to summer camp in the the dead of fall, I you know I guess it's an empty <laughs> summer camp, probably pretty cheap at least. Yeah, it's cheap skates. Yeah. <laughs> we we cut to Bart trying to get more information out of Edna, posing as a, a friendly bartender. Even spit cleans uh, the mug for her. 
Yeah. Uh, which, which I like that they say, like, oh, what? Like, this is an all male writer staff imagining what a woman wants, but I, yeah. I, uh, that she's like, you know, at the very least, she would want help with fixing her car because her ex husband keeps messing up her car and leaving her with huge bills. So, mm. I can see why she'd want help with that, but <laughs> I also, uh, you know, you can only imagine what Edna does after she vanishes beneath the bubbles from reading Gaffed by Spark Plugs. Yeah. <laughs> a woman in a bathtub did signify something. Yeah. It was shorthand. I know. Isn't it crazy to think back then it was like the joke in comedy was women could only do self-pleasure in a bathtub. Like that was just the the, the joke mm. of like, oh, mom's running the bath again or whatever kind of oh, guys. Yeah. There's, there's much more versatility to, to female self-pleasure jokes these days, I think. <laughs> yeah. Cut back to Rod and Todd. They are singing a very obscure religious song. Uh, I, I did a little research on it it's history but i don't know if you did pop the the bringing uh, in the sheaves no i just know that sheaves are just basically like the the collections of thing you're bringing in from harvest yes it is a, a bundle of grain stalks a a sheaf is one of uh, one bundle and sheaves are are th- a bunch and yeah it's uh it was written it's an american protestant gospel written in 1874 okay that's why uh catholic church here so we didn't uh, get that crap out of here uh, see, that, and it's apparently taken from psalm 126 6 she is a song about tearful sowing and joyful reaping which uh it you know <laughs> technically it's about you know sheaves of grain but really i think it could mean you know uh something with religion it's I like imagine. that uh me reaping me sowing tweet <laughs> <laughs> this is when this is when ned learns what's really going on he confronts homer about it homer says if this is about your camcorder i lost it this is continuity here because uh it was in the blowfish uh. episode homer borrowed the cam fi- hmm. camcorder to film his message from beyond the grave to maggie <laughs> and clearly he never returned it to ned and ned is doesn't even care he just waves yeah. off like oh it's okay yeah, yeah the reading of i lost it it's just yeah, <laughs> yeah. that thing cost probably eight hundred dollars in 1992 and ned turns the other cheek instantly about it apparently it was a sam simon pitch uh graining at first didn't like it but he did like how harry shearer performs it but ned is saying a bunch of things that are swears that aren't swears <laughs> yeah. when he says them i uh well, Cody, yeah, you like was, that i mean bit? like I like any time um, I like any time you see uh, <laughs> Flanders get angry, but it's still the most pleasant thing you could ever possibly think of. And like, he's so bad at being bad, um, except for that one, like the one episode where like he actually has like a big explosion and like he loses his temper. But like, it's so fun like uh, watching him get flustered and try to play and be bad because he's just such a good person that he can't do it. I, I love how he says half cocked and asses of ourselves like that's <laughs> that's fun and all but i think my favorite is that they snuck in hard on it's like i don't want to be hard on you but they got uh also i love that homer impossibly nailed his like upper arm to it and <laughs> just how, like rips his jacket yeah, apart just tears it apart yeah i always wondered what he was doing like how he how he even got to that <laughs> it it's mm. impossible he couldn't have like that's but this is something too i love that like we talked about this in uh when flanders failed that when homer would say something under his breath he was a little mm. too clever mm. he would be too clever this one he's not too clever admiral butthead is just <laughs> him being like a dumb jerk <laughs> saying something under his breath i i like he got yeah. stupider and we're we're about a year out from a show with the word butthead being in the title <laughs> all right yeah <laughs> We then get a quick joke about colorization, which even confuses like Mike Reese on the commentary. He forgot it's a joke about colorization. <laughs> it's something we don't have to worry about anymore. Yeah. It was a real brief thing. I, I mean, I guess, well, actually, I suppose the colorization of today is AI-aided upscaling, which yeah. I, I still certainly see a lot of that. Yeah. I, it, I'm okay with it. 
I've seen it used in a couple places okay, but it's the ones where they make, especially with cartoons, where I've seen it used to make it like 60 frames per second. Uh, assistant yeah, it drives that. me crazy every single time. It, it's so it's so unsettling to watch, particularly when they do like Miyazaki movies up like to like 60 frames per second. It's so unsettling and so bizarre to watch to, to watch it. Like you're just like, why? It, it was perfect as is. It was literally made this way this way for a reason. Like you're 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 messing with perfection. You can hate motion. I I mean I hate motion smoothing enough on my parents' TV every time you yeah. visit for the holidays. <laughs> but this is like someone intentionally doing it. Like look, it's yeah, it's Kiki's delivery service. 60 frames per second. Does it look great? Like yeah, like no. Also, the colorization thing was such a big deal that they uh, John Vitti wrote an episode of The Critic also all about it. Yes, uh, the Phillips Vision. Yeah, yeah, it was Phillips Vision. Just to make it more clear that <laughs> Duke Phillips is Ted Turner. Phillips Vision, though, rewrote endings of movies uh, yeah. into, into happier ones. I also, in the, in the line, there's something about the... It remi- honestly, it feels more like a Futurama-type line saying three-eighths of your beauty. Like, that's just <laughs> such a funny fraction to you. Yeah, any, any sort of math yeah, involved. truly. Bart uses that in his next letter. This is when Edna is ready to do it, but mm-hmm. she wants to see a photo. She has to know for sure because she's learned from, from Jasper. Uh, this is when Bart turns to uh, one of his school books, and they have a fun behind-the-scenes story about this too, uh, which is they wanted Johnny Unitas. Johnny Unitas said he wouldn't do it because he wanted to be paid. <laughs> it is his likeness yeah. being used on the show. I can see why he didn't want to be paid. So, Which makes me wonder if, since they did use him in the season six episode, Homie the Clown, how much they paid him for that. I mean, he really just says, probably. That's basically his one line. (laughs) So then... Uh, Al Jean takes some credit for picking Gordie Howe because he played on the Detroit Red Wings in the, the NHL hockey. When Al Jean was a kid, that's when Gordie Howe mm. played on the team. And so, of course, he grew up loving it. And Gordie Howe agreed to it. And uh, yes, then a, a talking Simpsons history bit is. Yeah, uh, I looked this up, but please continue. Well, no, we we recorded the, when we covered this episode the first time long ago when we started this podcast. We recorded it before he died and the episode published a week <laughs> after he died. And it was the first of many times where listeners are like, oh, why? It turned into a thing of the yeah. Talking Simpsons curse where we even tried to make a jingle out of it. And now, and then we were tired yeah. of the jingle out of respect. It was happening just too many times. Yeah, but here's the thing. It, I mean, this is why I'm furious about it to this very day. <laughs> and it's not funny. This is why we don't play the clip anymore. Please stop bringing it up. I'm yelling at all of our nice listeners to give us money and listen to our show. Uh, he died on June 10th, 2016. Our episode went live on July 6th. That's almost a month. It wasn't just a week. That right. much time passed, yeah. and he was like 90 years old. So I'm saying, please. <laughs> he was an old hockey player. Retroactively, I demand justice. <laughs> I love, uh, yeah, so it's it started a cycle of the Simpsons predicts, a, talking Simpsons predicts a death, and I'm now we're kind of past that now, I think, a little bit. We've, we've egged it on less. It did. Hey, look, you can still buy our fun t-shirt, though, of uh, death stalks you at every turn. Yes. So. But yes, I, I also love Bart. Strap on your skates, Gordy. You're going in it's a it's a fun direct reference to a mm-hmm. real sports star that you wouldn't think of like i don't know it's like it's not like gordy howe isn't a, a name but it's just it's just good and random yeah it's it's it, it hits a sweet spot of being oddly hyper specific it'll only it's a joke that only works for a very small number of people but the people love that joke so then comes in a thing i've only seen in sitcoms i've never heard of a of a swear jar in real life but it's it's used in sitcoms all the time uh but this this exchange between homer and marge is, is very fun Hey, Mark, do you want to hear something funny? Flanders thinks I swear too much. 
Marge, you're not laughing. Well, you know, maybe he's right. Well, what a surprise. Marge sticks up for Flanders. Can we have one conversation where you don't bring up your hero, Ned Flanders? Actually, Homer, you brought up Look, Ned Flanders. Look, we're past that. Marge, maybe Flanders. I do curse a little, but that's the way God made me. And I'm too old to stop now. No, you're not. When my father got out of the Navy, he used to curse a blue streak. It almost cost him his job as a baby photographer. So my mom put a swear jar in the kitchen. Every time he said a bad word, he put in a quarter. What do you think? Well, Marge, self-improvement has always been a passion of mine. Bring on the swear jar. Do I have to pay if I hit my hand with a hammer? Yes, Homer. What if I catch on fire? No, Homer. What if I see something really weird in the sky? Yes, Homer. What about when we snuggle? <laughs> mm, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, she's into it, folks. I like Marge wants him to talk dirty. I like that. Yeah. The now that baby photographer background doesn't jibe with the later reveal that her father was a flight attendant. Uh, but, you could have more than one job. Uh, <laughs> I I told myself is that Marge just buried that memory very deep. Hmm. That's uh, that she she doesn't want to. This also is such a great heightening of the Marge mm. slightly defending Ned and Homer going crazy about it. I especially love her. Like, well, actually. Homer, you brought it up. It's like, Marge, we're past that. Like, we're, yeah. we're past. I also will say I've, I've been accused recently of, of getting, uh, doing more swearing than I have been doing in a while. And it was because <laughs> this year we covered some South Park. Mm -hmm. And so I was watching more South Park than I had in a while. Like, that is why I started mm -hmm. casually swearing a lot of my teens. I watched South Park in yeah. my teens. And I think you just saw Clerks 3. I also just saw so, Clerks 3. Yeah. I noticed that after that, you, you start a lot of sentences with, like, bad fucking... Influence on you. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I think I've tamped it back down. You have, now. Henry, yeah. I know, yes. I That 50-year-old yeah. Kevin Smith... Is it nice to know how impressionable these, his watchers are? Shame on are. him. Yes. <laughs> his 40-year-old viewers, they're, they're too impressionable. Also, I, I love Homer's line of, like, self-improvement is, but... Always been a passion of mine, but but yeah, like like swear jars. I only ever heard of them on sitcoms. Like the only other show I even think of related to swear jars is Mr. Show did a great swear jars sketch. Yeah, swears for yeah. cares, uh, where uh, just about how they swear so much on that show. That probably also gave me a lot of casual swearing. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, influence too. Yeah. yeah, Bob Odenkirk screaming yeah. "God damn it" God all the time. Damn it! Yeah, boy, I just saw Monkey Bone. He's in the third act of that movie, and he's screaming, and he does say "God damn it." I'm of course. Oh, of course. Uh, I'm not recommending you see Monkey Bone, by the way. Oh, okay. Not but an endorsement uh, of Monkey just Bone. Just watch the Bob Odenkirk <laughs> and Chris Kattan parts for about 15 minutes. It's fine. <laughs> Dave, Dave Foley's all right, isn't he? He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but then we cut to Bart getting his final letter. I like that as he's reading it from Edna, she says, and then to my place for some home cooking. And it takes <laughs> Bart a couple seconds to get what it means. Uh, <laughs> and Bart is up in his treehouse in a t-shirt yeah. and shorts. The weather has uh, gotten a lot balmier. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, oh, it's, 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 it's a heated treehouse. He has a you can't see, it, but he has a kerosene heater right out of the frame that you can't see. <laughs> that's dangerous, but cozy. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, that does sound like the type of thing Homer with his bad craftsmanship would have built for Bart. Yeah, exactly. 100%. <laughs> there's there's a cute bit of uh, Edna reading his reply and then saying like, oh, I feel like you're watching me. Moves down the picture and Bart is staring at her. That's, uh, that's a good <laughs> gag. So Bart has made his decision. As far as pranks go, I mean, he could have humiliated her a lot more. He just wants to stand her up and make her feel bad, which, and waste her evening. But, uh, in... But you do feel so bad for Edna, 
like when you see her dress up montage and also what a great bit of animation bart like kind of becomes a silhouette and it like cross fades to her dress up montage like it's really well done and i love all her cute outfits like it's they're all really well uh, well made it's not like a silly dress up scene montage it's just like no it's we're gonna see that she cares about her appearance and she's actually quite fetching yeah yeah so bart leaves her at the guild of truffle goes to see ernest needs a kidney uh, it's uh, you know <laughs> they're getting in there ernest bashing rather late because uh we, we had just been scared stupid in, oh, yeah. in october of 1991 <laughs> and that's when disney cut baits <laughs> that's true yeah there were, uh, they they ended their partnership Ernest, Ernest's popularity was pulling back. We we didn't appreciate Jim Varney enough yeah. when he was with us. Absolutely. The better gag of this, they will make an even better gag in Cape Fear of <laughs> Ernest goes someplace cheap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes bart comes out laughing sees edna is still there sobbing as they close the place i also love this line here it's a quick clip i can't help but feel partly responsible <laughs> partly responsible <laughs> i do i do want to ask cody about this because they mentioned in the commentary like it's always so hard to find an act break line and they they spent a long time on this one uh how does that work for uh, futurama are there going to be act breaks or is that a secret um i don't think it's a secret there's there, there are act breaks but it is very true like we do spend considerable amount of like effort in having like a good out like a good joke out or like a good lined out because it truly is like it's one of those things where like as you're writing it like we just put something in and then you're like wait actually we need to have this moment set with someone for set with people for like a little bit if they're gonna like if they have commercials or whatever they're doing because uh, it really does like tie the stuff together like I, I actually funny enough you asked that because I had that exact same thought when um I was watching this is that like it really is like a if you like put yourself back then what's like actually on TV like it's a pretty powerful moment because then you have to sit through the commercials and like you're you're really like leaving on on such a bummer a downer a down feeling for this episode but yeah it's something that we definitely do put considerable amount of time and effort into because it is uh, a surprisingly important thing to have when you're when you're watching shows that have like different act breaks and stuff yeah it's interesting too because like you write for uh, your credits are, are diverse enough like craig of the creek is just a straight 11 minutes and yeah. rick and morty has a break just in the middle mm -hmm. and then she hulk doesn't have commercial breaks yeah so you yeah, yeah it, it really varies it, it, up. This is the first time I've ever had where that that had like act breaks like you like like this where you have to have I guess one, two, three. You have to have three of those. You have to have like three big button moments um, per episode, and it was definitely, um, it definitely was an interesting learning curve because, like you said, like you know, She-Hulk had none of them. Craig of the Creek didn't have any of them, and Rick and Morty's like right when in the middle. Like it's such easy, it's so much easier to like end on a big emotional beat and then come back and resolve it instantly as opposed to doing that three times per episode. Uh, so when we come back, we then get a Homer swearing montage, which uh, I have the clip because I want to, I just always <laughs> love to imagine the dirty word Homer swore for real. Mm -hmm. And and they tell a great story on the commentary too about children being witness to Dan Castellaneta swearing up a storm as Homer. <laughs> yeah, I guess contest winners got to tour uh, the, the making of The Simpsons essentially. And this was mm -hmm. the episode that they were witnessing being made and they heard Dan Castellaneta actually say all the words. <laughs> I 
you know, it still feels weird to me if I see one of the Simpsons actors in something and they say a word they can't say on the Simpsons. Yeah. Like, oh, they can say that? Yeah. Like, yeah. You've been watching Brockmire again, haven't you? <laughs> I, I, yeah. Brockmire, Brockmire goes there, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, to hear, I remember on the Inside the Actor Studio they all did, uh, they bleeped it, but like just the idea of Dan as Krusty like says fuck and they bleep it like wow Krusty saying fuck I could never imagine it. yeah it did lose our mind I remember the the um that one bit in the episode where Homer asked the kids to step outside and then he just yells fuck at the top of his lungs like I I, I remember I had the exact that's that always reminds me of of that like I had the exact same feeling like I want love it would be so unsettling to hear Homer actually say like a curse word like I just I don't know if my brain could still process it even at 35 <laughs> uh and, uh, but uh, yeah the swearing about just great and here's here's our next clip homer that was a 20 yeah. <laughs> oh you son of a hey homer you know i owe you one buddy no sooner had i shaved off the old cookie duster than a lady cast me in a commercial i'll tell you the way these checks keep coming in it's almost criminal you dirty best <laughs> what do you think lisa How's the dog supposed to get in? Well, he just goes, oh. (laughs) 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 The mangled hand dropping the change of the screen. He should have been allowed to swear at that point. Marge gave him permission for fire swearing. I feel like the bees should count too, or hornets. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Homer, it's hard to pick my favorite. The, the drawings of Homer begging the trying to will the the pin to fall over is so good but I also really love just how he goes like <laughs> well he just Aww. like that's the way his head goes back for like which he must have said like ah fuck like which <laughs> to say that in front of Lisa makes it even dirtier yeah, I always like the uh, my, my head cannon for how the bee came on the bee nest fell on him was like it was a prank that we didn't see Bart did like he like he was trying to shoot something with the slingshot and he missed and like he hit a beehive and it landed on on Homer uh, and like that's that that's how it got there but I, I just love how it just seemed like an act of God <laughs> like it just from on high <laughs> this bee nest <laughs> lands on Homer's chest while he's trying to relax outside i mean in the simpsons world god is real and blesses yeah. ned and curses homer so yeah <laughs> also i guess don't act yeah. don't sleep under an active bee nest yeah you should check for that yeah i i also clean shaven ned looks so strange but i love that he's like instantly got cast in commercial is making constant like co- commercial checks coming in nonstop. So after all that, we cut to Bart with his globe wax. He's waxing the globe specifically with wax made for globes. And I love Bart. I I, I just, I got to play the whole thing because Marsha Wallace is acting here. Like this is what wins the Emmy. Like this, this exchange here with Bart, like this could just be easy. Like, oh, you're sad teacher or whatever. But she brings so much humanity to, to this exchange here. That's really just about how every man in the school is horrible <laughs> and she, she can't date any of them. Oh, Woodrow, how could you stand me up? Mrs. K, whoever this guy is, you don't need him. There are plenty of good men around. (laughs) Name one. What's wrong with Principal Skinner? Seymour? (laughs) Let's just say his mommy won't let him out to play. (laughs) What about Coach Fortner? Look, 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 look. Wow. What about Groundskeeper Willie? (laughs) I'm not even going to tell you what that guy's into. (laughs) Bart, you are the closest thing to a man in my life. And that's so depressing, I think I'm going to (laughs) cry. (laughs) 
Bart finally feels guilt there. It's but. it's a great little scene. Her performance is good, and I also like how Bart realizes about yeah. two recommendations <laughs> in that he can get secrets. Yeah. So he's like, "What about this person?" <laughs> and his diagnosis is correct. Uh, the mother issues are a problem with when she dates when she dates yeah, Seymour. Yeah. <laughs> we, we never saw Coach Fortner. I assume that he was uh, fired. <laughs> I assume he yeah or uh, accident. And of course, we know what Willie is into illegally filming people, as all Scottish yeah. people do. Mm-hmm. Which, As is a Scottish tradition. <laughs> you can see why Edna doesn't want to fuck with that. You know, she's like, yeah. you know, who knows when he's filming me? But the, but I, I just love his mommy won't let him out to play. I think of that line a lot about people, <laughs> someone's problems yeah. that their their mommy won't let them out to play. <laughs> We get the resolution to the swear jar, which Homer, the swear jar works. Homer has successfully reprogrammed himself to not swear in this very painful scene. Ah! Oh, fudge. <laughs> That's broken. <laughs> that will require a tetanus shot. I'm not going to swear, but I am going to kick this doghouse down! Down! Dad, this is not a commentary on your skills, but we bought you a new doghouse. Where'd you get the money? Oh, there was more than enough in the swear jar. And if you look inside the doghouse, there's a little surprise. Maggie. (laughs) Oh, cute. No, behind her. Beer! How did you know? That's a great gag about Homer's at the end of a commercial, like, beer? How did you know? Like, how did you guess? That's what I wanted. But now, There's a similar gag in Home Alone. Oh, uh, the foot thing? But the nail doesn't go through the foot. <laughs> yes. And actually, there's a similar, I wouldn't call it a gag. It's, it's a horror movie, but in the movie A Quiet Place, yes. where you're not supposed to make noise, somebody steps on a nail that's on the stairs. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And uh, that movie's a little silly, but I did. I mean, I don't think you're supposed to laugh at that part, but I did laugh at it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, you know, hey, John Krasinski started in comedy. Mm. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the sound. I, I wanted to hear it there, too, of just like the quietness of a, of it piercing his foot all the way like oh my god it's so like homer does need if it goes through his foot and the shoe like he needs to go to the hospital right now yeah. he could have nerve damage yeah. Yeah. he's like bleeding to death yeah no i mean you know on the alan partridge show uh that that british series he also pierces his foot in a similar way but he it is more realistic he almost bleeds to death later in the, in the episode from it so, but yeah, I, I also love that Lisa has to couch and like, this is not a commentary on your skills, but we bought a new doghouse. <laughs> and then Homer ended up pay, paying for it himself with all the swearing, which is pretty great too. I love that that just puts the, the pin on it. It's over that story. Yeah. Nice full circle, nice full circle B story. It's very neat, very clean. The next scene is just Marge blowing on Maggie's tummy. Like it's just, it's just a realistic, like a uh, parent and baby thing. It's just so cute. Yeah, like, there's no heightening of it. It's not a gag. It's just like <laughs> establishing the scene of uh, family tranquility. Yeah. It's so cute. It's so cute. I like Marge acting like a regular mom. <laughs> like uh, it's, I, I love those little moments. So this is when uh, Bart comes clean. And I will say in another show, they would have done a dirtier joke of Bart revealing to them that his secret girlfriend <laughs> is his teacher. I feel like there'd have been, they, they'd have gone into dirtier territory with that uh marge and lisa then share a murmur this is they were murmuring a lot together uh, at this point <laughs> they actually do it twice in this episode <laughs> then we cut to homer reacting to the photo of edna <laughs> which that's a funny joke too when marge takes it away homer just has like a, a grin on his face like he's he's still thinking about it 
<laughs> and he, you know, he wishes he had gone to parents' night, but then in season four, he still doesn't go to parents' night. He lets Marge talk to Edna, and well, while Homer takes all the compliments on Lisa. I also love that Homer says he has to come clean, and Marge says, no, that'll humiliate her. He's like, I only said it because I thought that's what you wanted to hear. <laughs> Homer can't win. He's like, I tried to do the right parenting thing, but forget it. <laughs> So apparently it was a pitch of Jim Brooks that the whole family would write the uh, the love mm. letter together. This definitely feels like uh, VD dealing with that kind of pitch the way he wanted to. It just turns into a writer's room. Like it is just all the characters <laughs> are writers pitching stuff. Right, right, Cody? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it, it, it really tr- takes a village and it takes a village to uncatfish <laughs> your son's teacher. And also, uh, like I, like how I assume it works in a writer's room, you want to shield people's feelings if they if they throw oh. out I am gay and they your response is let's all think of something. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Although I am gay, uh, it, that could work if you have to you have to massage it a little. You could just say, well, I realize yeah, yeah. you know I'm not yeah. into women we and can et cetera. Get there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we can get there. It's just going to take a, a bit of a bit of uh, a bit of work to it. Yeah, you know what? Marge needs to. She seemingly is the head running the room. She needs to learn of like, hey, don't just <laughs> shut it down. Let's try to work on it. You know, not just negatives here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I love that uh, that Marge says for the last time. I'm not putting it in there. Like Homer is the guy pitching the joke who won't get the hint of like we're not using that joke. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also, uh, Lisa has the helpful inoculation pitch. Mark just goes to something gross of having a thing bit off his face. They they heighten this joke even better with, I'm not gay, but I'll learn. That's, that's an even better <laughs> When does that come in? I forgot about uh... Oh, that's towards Ralph. It's the one towards oh. Ralph. It's what, Bar- it's what Homer says yeah. Lisa should tell Ralph when rejecting him. That's his only idea. That's his go-to pitch for, yeah. for breaking up I, with someone. I, I think another one was like, I'm married to the sea or something like that. Yes, yeah, I'm married to the sea. I, I don't want to kill you, but I will. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, back then, you know, uh, there's a lot less there's a lot less sexual fluidity that it's just like, hey, if you just say I'm gay, yeah, that yeah. ends the conversation, you know. <laughs> but, yeah. But uh, but yeah. So the uh, the family finally figures out the letter together. Okay. Okay. I cannot see you for the next five years, for I will be farming the ocean floor. Uh, I must finish this letter quickly, for I have only four minutes to live. Three simple words. I am gay. Homer, for the last time, I am not putting that in. And any time <laughs> I hear the wind blow, it will whisper the name. Edna. Oh, that's very good, Lisa. P.S. I am gay. Mm. <laughs> How shall we end it? How about with a love that will echo through the ages? Oh, <laughs> that's sweet. Oh, Homer, you old honey dripper. Why, you little hee <laughs> Homer musses his hair and not strangling mm. him when saying why you will. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cody, I was going to ask you this as a writer too. Like they, so by writing the letter together and finalizing it, you as the viewer know what the letter's contents are going to be, but then Edna needs to read it and you don't want it to just be repeated dialogue too. So they, they kind of have to like play it both ways with yeah, that. Yeah, they... Um... <laughs> It is funny how in its own silly way it is kind of close to like an actual writer's room where like you're taking the best bits and sort of smashing them all together. But it's funny that, you, yeah, you called Marge the head writer because she's the one that's dictating what does get and get and does not get and get in. But it is, it is, it, it, <laughs> I always enjoyed these moments when like you see the family working together, uh, even though it's a very crazy scenario that they're in. But like I do enjoy when you do, especially when it's under the guise of getting Bart out of a very, very stupid thing that he got them all into. It's, it's, it is a sweet ending. I, and it, it definitely mm-hmm. feels like the kind of like yeah. sweetness that that James L. Brooks specializes in so so 
well and led to so many like great endings but it's it 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 comes in that weird zone of season three where they still have mm-hmm. they can still get like the the genuine heart of of the james l brooks style but the cynicism yeah. and the yeah. me and the joke are coming in more as as time goes on mm-hmm. but uh, so yes they they drop off the letter i love the shot of of edna eating out of a can <laughs> with a dumpster behind her in the, in the window like it's such a sad sad lonely shot uh but this is when we get a, a bittersweet ending for edna Dearest Edna, I must leave you. Why, I cannot say. Where, you cannot know. How I will get there, I haven't decided yet. But one thing I can tell you, any time I hear the wind blow, it will whisper the name Edna. (laughs) Bart, it's such a nice day today. Let's have detention outside. It's a date. Oh, it's sweet that she she ends up on a date, a date with Bart, too, that Bart Bart gets to feel good. Edna doesn't feel so humiliated. Uh, presumably, she died without ever learning the truth about Woodrow. <laughs> yeah. So so that's nice, too. But also Homer's line is written down on the paper. It's not said in, in Edna's internal monologue of reading it, but the Homer's closer is on the page. So okay. I, I yeah. like that. It's not that they forgot it. They just were like, ah, you know, what? we don't need to have you hear it again. Just you can read it on the page but and then they flash gordy house stats on the screen <laughs> with some nice like uh, arena yeah. music yeah yeah it sounds like the zamboni getting started i like that yeah it's and apparently mike reese said a bunch of his friends were like what was that what was that like or just everybody was confused by it being such a weird now we're so steeped in like random comedy yeah. in in, co- in sitcoms on tv like that this that this shocked everybody is is mm-hmm. shows you how different things were 30 years ago yeah it, I, I think that uh they were maybe a little insecure about how sweet the ending was so they just threw in a non sequitur joke at the end to kind of surprise people yeah too yeah i i could, I could definitely see that because it is so earnest and sweet but i think you definitely give like, all right we we, we got to have one more thing to go out on let's take this <laughs> random random stats for this for this guy that's been mentioned maybe like once in passing in the actual script it's you know it's a credit to his skills though i and uh the last thing i'll say on the the episode itself is that it's crazy hearing on the commentary david silverman who's who's there in in the place of Baezek who's not there to speak for the artist side I like that Silverman defends Baeza like Mike Reese makes a little offhand comment of like you know Baeza a great animator but uh sometimes his things came in a little late and then <laughs> Silverman goes like I think this one was on time I think it was but yeah, they call uh, he called uh, Carlos like a renaissance painter yes uh, yeah. working so hard on every scene <laughs> I mean, it shows there. Like, yeah. uh, but also Silverman says on the commentary at the very, uh, very end, like, wow, that was 10 years ago. And it's oh. like, this DVD set is 20 years old now. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, whew, but, uh, <laughs> man, it's such a touching episode. It doesn't, does it have as many of, like, the crazy cutaways or, like, weird violence or anything? Like, I mean, most of the wacky stuff is with Homer. Yeah. But you get enough of that. And plus, you do get the fun of the, the yo-yo champions. That you get some, some weirdness in there. But... This has so much great heart to it. And the I, zinc. Zinc. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. How could we forget? As I get older, yeah. I, I like the, these episodes a lot. Uh, the episodes that are about, like, lonely women. I think there's a trilogy. There might be another one. I'm thinking of Principal Charming, 
this in Selma's Choice. Yeah, yeah. And it's all about like uh, a perspective that is still still feels pretty yeah, rare yeah, yeah, to see yeah, yeah. on TV, but especially rare at the time. Mm. But um, yes, uh, having been an only adult at one point in my life, <laughs> uh, yes, it, it it is like that sometimes. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking of this in in She Hulk. Jennifer Walters goes through similar dating woes as as Edna as well. Actually, a lot of these. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's a whole episode that's just about basically what Edna went through like only she actually went on a bunch of dates but they were all uh they were all uh gray up top with no fires uh, in the belly. But yeah, Cody any any final thoughts yourself? <laughs> um I'm really glad that you picked this episode because season 3 is like probably the season that I have watched the least amount over the years. Like for me it was always like that transitional period where like every episode I think for my money is still great, but like I feel like season four or five and on was when they really found like that sort of golden age stride. So like I forget how many like great um, moments are in this season but also specifically it's when you start to flesh out and get these these like really big character pieces that you know you know that's like this is like the first edna episode like big edna centric episode and like you forget that like these characters weren't all just like fully developed when they first when the show just started so uh i really really highly recommend uh this episode this season in general actually there's a whole there's some really fantastic episodes like when this when simpsons really started stepping into like the golden age run like this this whole season is a great great um great launch <laughs> thanks again to cody for being on the show cody uh thanks for being a great first time guest please let us know anything uh, you want to plug and where we can find you online uh yeah um check out um miles morales spider-man number one that's out now out of time of this recording um i'm gonna be doing that run for at least the next 12 12 issues so i'm really excited about that uh, if you want to check me out um you guys have already mentioned the dark we podcast it's not too similar from this only instead of covering one show in depthly we yell about a bunch of nerd stuff in depthly and um yay for zig on instagram that's where I'm at. Awesome. Yeah, no, we're, I I mean, I'm, I'm so loving your stuff uh, everywhere. I can't wait to see uh, your your episodes of Futurama <laughs> or like the, that new season. And yes. I'm sure we'll probably cover one of the new episodes when they go live. Yeah. Let me know. I'll come back. If you guys ever want to have me back, I would love to, I mean, any chance, any excuse to talk about the Simpsons or Futurama. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. We would love, love to. Thank, thank you so much, Cody. Of course. Yeah. Thanks again to Cody for being on the show. Please check out everything he's involved with. But as for us, if you check out more of what we do and get these episodes one week ahead of time and ad-free, please go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Sign up for five bucks a month. You can get just that and also access to everything behind the $5 paywall. That includes over 100 miniseries episodes we've recorded so far since the beginning of our Patreon over five years ago. You also get monthly access to episodes of Talking Futurama and Talking in the Hill. And our most recent miniseries was Season 2 of Blab and Batman, the animated series. It's just wrapping up now, but if you sign up you can get access to all the episodes immediately at patreon.com slash talking simpsons and there's a ten dollar level as well when you sign up for that you can access all the five dollar stuff naturally but you can also access one extremely long podcast once a month only for patrons of that level or higher and what is that henry Bob is talking about the What A Cartoon movie podcast where we cover an animated feature film. Super in-depth, just like we do an episode of The Simpsons or What A Cartoon. This month, you are going to hear us talk about the seasonally appropriate Tokyo Godfathers, the anime classic. If you are a weeb like me, Bob, and Cody, I think you're going to really enjoy that one as we go deep into that Satoshi Clone classic. Last month, we covered Paranorman, our first Like A Film. We went over five hours on that, and we had a great, great time talking about it. And there is a huge back catalog I would say in those four years we've done a monthly What a Cartoon podcast, you would get over 300 hours of exclusive podcasts in addition to all the $5 things Bob mentioned. We covered everything from Akira to a Goofy movie, Beavis and Butthead do the universe to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Check it all out for yourself at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. 
And as for me, I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. And my other podcast, by the way, is Retronauts. That's a classic gaming podcast all about old video games. You can find that wherever you find podcasts or go to patreon.com slash retronauts. Sign up there for two full-length bonus episodes every month. And Henry, how about you? You can follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Stay up to date with what I'm going through. I certainly tweet about Spider-Man at times as well as I did in this episode. Also, if you're following me and Bob on social media, please follow on Twitter at Talk Simpsons Pod to stay up to date whenever new stuff's going on with our podcast on the Patreon or live shows. And it's also Talk Simpsons Pod on Instagram. So check that out there too. And of course, if you're looking for an easy to follow list of all of the free podcasts we've ever released, please head over to TalkingSimpsonsPodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening, folks. We'll see you again next time for the next episode of our community podcast. Talk to the audience and we'll see you then. Bingo, bingo, sugar in a gas tank. Your ex-husband strikes again.